Hello and welcome to the stories of Northern Life from the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. Today I thought I would pick up this small red book with a few crayon scribbles on the pages, a loose spine, and illustrated pictures featuring five short Christmas stories. I picked one short story to read to you today and I hope you like it and it puts you in the Christmas spirit. So let's get into it. The Noel Candle. It was Christmas Eve in Rhymes, nearly 500 years ago. The great cathedral towered high above the city. Its spears seemed to reach the very skies, and the squares in the front of the church was thronged with people celebrating the joyous Noel, the Christmas time. Children darted here and there through the crowd, shrieking with laughter. On one corner of the group of well-dressed youths and maidens were dancing to the music of a lute and a tambourine. On another number of boys sang old carols. Others strolled about in groups of two and three, chatting and laughing, while the older and more serious went their way, candle in hand, towards the cathedral where masses were being chanted in Latin. Though these churchgoers were more quiet, it was evident that they were happy, for their faces shone with contentment. It did not seem that there could be in all the city of Rhymes one sad or lonely heart. Yet there were four. Three of them dwelled in a squalid hovel by the riverside, in a tiny shed, or lean-to, which stood beside a stable. Though its outward appearance was so dismal, once within the door, one might have been surprised to see how neat and trim it was kept. There was but one room which served at once as living room, dining room, bedroom, and kitchen for three people. The rough stone floor was carefully swept and polished, in one corner lay a straw-filled mattress, but the covers drawn over it, though patches and darned in a dozen places, were spotlessly clean. A rude table, a broken chair, a stool, and a clumsy bench completed the furniture of the room. In a far corner stood a small charcoal brazier, whose feeble fire served not only to cook the meals, but to warm the dwellers in the hut. Some cracked earthen kettles hung beside it, but one touch of the brightness and beauty in the little room was supplied by a tiny shrine built on a shelf at the rear wall. A few field flowers in a bowl stood before it, and from the edge of the shelf hung a silken sash, which once had held a knight's shield. It was a scarlet, heavily embroidered in gold and bore a device of a lion, surmounted by the lily of France. Three people were in the room. A young woman was behind over a small spinning wheel. A boy of seven was setting the table with their few cracked dishes. And a girl, a year or so older, was leaning over a kettle on the brazier, stirring its contents from time to time. 
the ladies whose beauty seemed to shine in the poor room, despite her shabby clothing, was Madame la Comtesse Marie de Malincourt, and the boy and girl, her son and daughter, Louis and Jeanne. As she worked, the lady was thinking, sadly, of that Christmas Eve, only a year before, when all had been so different. Then she had lived in a great castle, and on the eve of Noel, as she had done for a half a dozen years before, she and her husband and the children had gone to the castle gate to greet the crowd. The old and ailing and the poor had gathered there, and that meant nearly all the village. Out among the crowd they had gone, followed by a dozen servants laden down like beasts of burden, and to each villager the lady had made gifts of warm clothing, of healing herbs, and of wholesome food. Even Louis and Jean, young as they were, had given from their store of toys and baubles to the children of the village. Then the tide of war had swept over their family valley. The castle had been attacked, defended, and lost, then sacked and pillaged by the victors. Lady Marie had even seen them lead their husband away, a prisoner. She had fled with her children down a secret passage out into the night and away to the village. She found it deserted, the villagers driven out before the sword. During the months that had ensued, the three had been wanderers along the highway. Bit by bit, Lady Marie had given her jewels and trinkets, then those of the children, in exchange for food and lodging. Even her velvet robe, with its soft fur mantle, had gone to the wife of a rich burgher, and the pretty clothing of Louis and Jean had long since been replaced with coarse peasant garb. One thing alone remained of all their riches, the cover of her husband's shield, which little Louis had brought from the castle that dreadful night. Father gave it to me to keep until he came back, he said, and through all the terrors of fight he had clung to it. It was very dear to them all. It seemed a bit of their old life and a constant reminder of their dear lost father. Mother, said Jean, suddenly, interrupting the current of her mother's sad thoughts, it is Noel tonight. Yes, my child, Lady Marie answered with a sigh, but there will be no toys or sweets or pretty things for thee or little Louis this Noel. We want them not, the children answered, almost in unison. We have thee, dearest mother, and we can keep the Noel in our hearts added Jean. Her mother looked up from the wheel and smiled at her. Yes, though life is hard, she said, still we have each other, and thought we are sad. Perhaps there are other hurts in rhymes that are grieving tonight. I wish I might give as once I did to the poor, but I have nothing to give. We have ourselves become the poor. She resumed her work, but there was silence in the room, save for the whir of the wheel. Mother, Jean spoke again excitingly. I know something we can give. As she talked, she caught up the small tallow-dipped candle from the table and hurried with it to the other window of the hut. 
See, she went on, I will put it here on the still. So, and perhaps someone who passes, someone like ourselves, lonely and forlorn, will be the happier for my little gift of light. There, see how it shines out onto the snow? And she stood back to survey her work. You are a good child, Jean, said Lady Marie. Then, sighing, she resumed her work, her silence, her sad thoughts. Down in the great square, among all the lights and gaiety, was another sad heart. It beat in the breast of a little lad of nine, a boy whose clothes were shabby and ragged, whose bare feet were thrust in the clumsy wooden shabbats, and with no covering on his head but his own fair hair. He was utterly alone, without money, without friends, cold, hungry, and miserable. When it seemed he could bear this burden alone no longer, he tried to tell his story to some of the smiling people he saw about him. Surely among so many he would find friends, but no one. But no one took any interest in him, other than to frown at him or elbow him roughly out of the way and one man and shook him by the shoulders and called him a beggar. He left the square at last in utter discouragement and began to tramp the streets, stopping now and then at splendid dwellings, those whose windows seemed bright lights, like a welcoming smile. But there was no welcome for the lonely child. Fat, well-dressed servants turned him away with angry words and threatened him with, with their dogs. It was dark in the street of rhymes now, and the air was growing colder, but the child tramped on, trying desperately to find shelter before the night closed in. At last, far down by the river, he saw a tiny gleam of light appeared suddenly at a window, and he hurried towards it. As he neared it, the boy saw it was only a small tallow dip at the window of a hovel the poorest and the meanest hut in all of rhymes. But the steady light of the tiny flame brought a sudden glow to his heart, and he ran forward and knocked at the door. It was opened in an instant by a little girl, and at once the other two in the room had risen to greet him. In another moment, he found himself seated on a stool beside the charcoal brazier. The little girl was rubbing one of his cold hands in her two warm palms, while her brother was holding the other, and a beautiful woman kneeling at his feet drew off the wooden shoes and chafed his icy feet. When he was thoroughly warmed, the little girl dished up into three bowls in a cracked cup the stew which had been simmering on the fire. There was only a little bit of scant meat for themselves. But she passed the fullest bowl to the stranger and made room for him beside her on the bench. After a word of blessing, they ate their stew and never had the thin soup taste so rich and so satisfying to the countess and her children. As they finished, a sudden glow of light filled the room, greater than the brightness of a thousand candles. There was a sound of angel voices and the strange and the stranger child had grown so radiant that they could scarcely bear to look at him. Thou, with the little candle, hast lightened the Christ child on his way to heaven, said their unknown guest, his hand on the door latch.
This night shall thy dearest wish be granted thee. And in another instant, he was gone. The countess and her children fell to their knees and prayed. And there they still were, almost a quarter of an hour later, when a knight in armor gently pushed open the door and entered the hut. Marie, Jean, Louis, he cried in a voice of love and longing. Do ye not know me after all these weary months of prison and battle and then of search of thee? Immediately, the family were clustered about him and their kisses and embrace were his answer. But father, how did you find us here? cried little Louis at last. When the first raptures of welcome were over, a ragged lad I met on the highway told me he dwelt here, answered the knight. The Christ child, said Lady Marie reverently, and told him the story. And so forever after, they and all their descendants have burned a candle in the window on the eve of Noel to light the lonely Christ child on his way. We are wishing you all a very happy holiday and can't thank you enough for listening to the stories of Northern Life for an entire year. Stay tuned for what's to come in the new year. Thank you and see you next week. <laughs>